actors, writers, directors, producers from indie films, feature films, and TV. Getting real. Hey, it's Nikki, and today on the Getting Real podcast, we are talking with Julian David Stone, who wrote the book It's Alive. And the reason why we're doing this on Getting Real is because the book is about a movie, about the making of Frankenstein. Julian, how are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Good. Well, I'm glad you're here. Let's talk about It's Alive. It's a fictionalized book, and it's a look behind the scenes of the making of Frankenstein. So what are readers going to discover in these pages? It is a, as you said, it's a historical fiction account of the three days leading up to the production of the original 1931 Frankenstein. And it's all about the chaos that went on at this very unusual time uh, in Hollywood history, just as sound had come in. And it tells the story from the, the viewpoint of uh, some people that your, your listeners will certainly know, Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi, and also a third person whose name is Carl Lemley Jr., who is a fascinating character. He's a real person. In uh, 1931, he was only 23 years old, and he was in charge of all of Universal Studios. And he is the person who's responsible for making all of these classic horror films that everybody still loves uh, today. And so that leads me to my next question about whether or not people really need to be movie buffs to enjoy this book, or do they just have to have seen the movie to, to really get it? You know, I don't think, uh, it, you know, any and all of the above, I think anybody picking it up would enjoy it because it's such a fun time and, you know, it's old Hollywood, so it's filled, the, the story, you know, has lots of other stars that are in it and it's all about just the crazy life of parties and all of the jockeying for position because people, everybody knows that Boris Karloff played the monster in Frankenstein and it made him to this day a, a household name. Well, it wasn't always going to be that way. In fact, the decision to cast him came down until the very last minute, right until the beginning of production. And that's what the story tells, all the chaos and all the back and forth that went on. And it's just, it's a fun story that I think anybody who is interested in sort of being immersed in another time, I think they would, they would really enjoy it. And as much as it is fiction, there's a lot of it that's based in truth, right? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's historical fiction because I didn't want to write a nonfiction book, but it's all based on the fact that is absolutely the truth that this casting decision went down to the last minute and it was all, there was all this back and forth. And, uh, uh, Bella Lugosi was already a big star at this point and Boris Karloff was unknown and Junior Lemley being this young executive who had an entire studio on his shoulders had to make these very tough decisions and you know he he didn't want to fail he 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 really felt he had a way to sort of transform the studio that he had been he had inherited basically from his father and he he put it all on the line with the production of uh, Frankenstein this story has been told so many times in so many different ways what do you think makes Frankenstein so compelling I think that the idea of bringing the dead back to life is one of the most universal themes. It's in every culture. It's kind of, you know, <laughs> the basis of so much of, uh, of our lives is what, what, what comes after you pass away and then also the desire to control that, to maybe be able to bring the, you know, the dead back to life. So that's why Frankenstein has just since, you know, being written over 200 years ago, it has just constantly been retold over and over again, and the most famous version is this one, the 1931 Frankenstein, which is, you know, for anybody that's never read the original book, which was written in, in uh, 1819, it, it is so different. It, it, you know, they're the same story, but they're vastly different pieces of work, and they're both absolutely fascinating. 
you mentioned in that this book is really taking a look at the behind the scenes stuff. And behind the scenes, there was a father son dynamic. And how did that play into Frankenstein? Well, that, that's an excellent question. So, you know, what is Frankenstein ultimately but a form of a, a father son story? It's a creator, Dr. Frankenstein, who creates the monster who's disappointed with his creation. And there in the real, the behind the scenes story of Frankenstein, there was another father-son dynamic, which was Carl Lemley Sr., who had created Universal Studios about 20 years before uh, Frankenstein was made. And like I said, his son was in charge of the studio as a very young man, and they had tremendous friction over the direction of where the studio should go. So you have that great father-son dynamic in their story, because Carl Sr., just like Dr. Frankenstein, wasn't necessarily pleased with what his creation was doing. Do you feel like Junior made the right choice as to who would be the monster? Oh, no, no question. It's, you know, uh, when, you, when you look at the film and, you know, it, it's the, the image of Boris Karloff as Frankenstein is one of the most identifiable images of the last hundred years. It's hard to imagine anybody else playing the role. And I think his performance, Boris Karloff's performance is one of the greatest in cinema history. I've watched a lot of Boris Karloff performances, and he's fantastic. But when you watch him as Frankenstein, you just don't see the actor in there. There was just something, the right moment, the right actor, and, and the right character. It all comes together so perfectly. It had to have been a lot of fun for you, being a fan of these films long before you, you actually wrote this book, uh, to just do the research and to discover some of these behind-the-scenes stories that you'd be able to use in the book. What was one standout moment you had while writing It's Alive? I have to tell you that the most exciting things for me while putting it together was the research of Junior Lemley. Uh, you know, Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi have been written about extensively and well-deservedly so. Junior Lemley, or Car he was originally Carl Lemley Jr., and then everybody just called him Junior, is such a fascinating character to think of this young man, 21 years old when he's given Universal Studios, and like I said, 23 when he's making Frankenstein. And anything I ever found out about him was always so thrilling when he would pop up in other people's autobiographies and stuff like that. So for me, the most exciting were the little kernels of, of Junior Lemley's life and just how you how the, the whole town was so relatively small then that people would get mentioned, you know, being out at the Malibu Colony and having a tennis game against Junior Lemley. And anything like that was always incredibly exciting to me, where suddenly a contemporaneous account in somebody's unrelated story would suddenly bring, you know, Junior Lemley or other characters from the book to life. When you were doing this research, were there certain things that surprised you about the making of the film? I'll tell you that the biggest surprise is how nothing changes. Everything that you read about the film business in 1931, the good to the bad, uh, you know, today was, was evident in 1931. There's, there's a film from 1930 called Showgirl in Hollywood. Uh, it's kind of a, a little, mostly forgotten film. But if you want, if you put that film on today, you would think you were watching a story that was made today about the film business, let alone almost a hundred years ago. So that's always the, the most interesting to me to read is just how it's the same business. And as somebody who has been in it, uh, you know, for the last twenty or thirty years, it's just fascinating how every every cliche of it just came into being the the, the minute the business sprung into being. You know, over a hundred years ago. 
Yeah. Well, this is a really great book to be able to have on the shelves in time for Halloween because everybody's in the spirit to not only watch those scary movies, but read about them, too. And this is a really cool angle that people will be able to read this fictionalized story of what really happened behind the scenes. Uh, absolutely. I think people will really enjoy it. You know, it's it's based as much as possible on fact. I just fill in some of the the parts that that have been lost to time, but uh, it, I stick as close to the true facts and everything about Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff and Carl Emley Jr. is, you know, as close to the truth as I could get. Well, you know, before I let you go, I have to get your best, It's Alive! <laughs> Absolutely. It's alive! It's alive! You know, just quickly, an interesting note on that line. One, I sort of came to this conclusion the other day that, I think that that's probably the oldest line from a movie that everybody recognizes. You know how people like yeah. to sort of throw out lines. I don't think there's one that goes back any further. Number one, number two, in the original script, the you know Dr. Frankenstein only it's only scripted that he'll say the line twice. In the actual performance by Colin Clive, he does it seven times in that moment when the monster comes alive. So yeah. another great another great moment where an actor is overtaken by his role. Yeah, and it's great how he performs that, too, when it starts off as just this simple, it's alive, like a discovery, and then yeah. it builds to the excitement. Yeah. It's a great moment. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's tremendous. He was, he's another person who's uh, you know, mentioned in the book, and he, he was a fascinating character, too. Some of his own sort of, you can see as an actor, he seems very tightly wound, and that worked very well for, for, the, for the character of Dr. Frankenstein. Well, I'm excited to check out the book, and everybody can check it out because it is available wherever books are sold, and you can listen to it on Audible if you prefer to do it that way. It's Alive by Julian David Stone. I'm so excited that you were able to join me today to talk about this book. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a lot of fun.